with Saul's entire past, he's able to impact so many people. Like it's his testimony that saves. By our testimony, people are saved, people are healed. God can use anybody. He doesn't use the perfect. He doesn't use the righteous. He doesn't use the holy only. He uses people that came that were broken. And then we see from here, God doesn't just want us to be broken before him. Like, yes, broken over our sin and broken over our past. But God doesn't want to just leave us there. He doesn't want us to live this life of, oh, I sinned, oh, I sinned, oh, I sinned. No, we're called to be free. Jesus didn't just die to forgive us for our sins. He died so we can live this free life from sin. Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences, and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are, and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action, and inspired to change. This is the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. Welcome back to the show. I honestly have missed you guys. These last two weeks have felt so freaking long. I don't even know why, but I'm sitting here and I'm like, dang, it's been a minute since I've sat down and recorded. But I'm so excited for this episode today. Hopefully it's going to be a short and powerful one. I have been reading in Acts and we'll be reading pretty much almost all of Acts 9 today. What I really got from this as I was reading, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go and read some commentary on this and really understand what this conversion of Saul to Paul entailed. Like the deeper meaning behind it. If you're driving, don't worry about this part. But if you are somewhere where you can grab your Bible, get it out. Let's head to Acts 9 and then starting in 1. If you don't know who Saul is, Saul was somebody who was super educated on the scriptures. But Paul was somebody who was hardcore persecuting Christians, people who were claiming that Jesus was Lord, and he was going in homes and killing people, families who were proclaiming the name Jesus. That's a little background of who Saul is. And just in reading this, the power of God and we can really understand God's character through Saul's story through Acts 9. I mean, in any part of scripture that you read, it's all about learning more of God's character and what God is like. So whenever you are reading scripture, thinking about it, not from a place of, and I learned this kind of recently, but we tend to want to read the Bible as if we are the main character. And uh, it's that's not the richest way to read the word. The richest way to read the word is reading it and looking for God in scripture and learning more about his character, not about how you relate to the character. So it's a different way of reading scripture and you get so much more out of it that way. Because the more that you know who God is and the more that you understand his character, the more that you're able to receive him as your father, as your Lord, as your savior. And that's where transformation lies. But let's go ahead and dive in, okay? Because <laughs> I can totally just be chatting about whatever. So in Acts chapter 9, it says, Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for the letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, 
both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Okay, one thing I want to highlight is, you know, we call followers of Jesus now Christians. And in the time of when Acts was written, it was called belonging to the way. If we really think about what that means, the way is a way of living and believing, not just, oh, a belief or a, uh, oh, I know about Jesus. Okay, now I'm a Jesus follower. No, it's I belong to the way. And that way is my lifestyle now. It is my new identity. It's this old way that I was living into the only way. (laughs) The way. That's what they call themselves. And I thought that was so powerful. And for us as modern day Christians now to know, okay, am I really walking out the life Jesus would have me to walk out? The life God the Father would want me to walk out? And uh, we talk about it before, but a good way to indicate is thinking about the fruits of the Spirit and seeing, okay, am I producing fruits? Am I producing these fruits or am I not producing these fruits? That's just a good indicator of, okay, let me self-reflect and look at my life. Because if you really believe something, your actions will follow that. Your life will follow that. Moving on in verse 3, as he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? All right. I want to pause there because sometimes when we think about God, we can think about, oh, God is so mad at me. God is so disappointed in me. He doesn't want to talk to me. He doesn't want anything to do with me. I've I've been knowing the right thing to do, but I have decided not to do it. I've been acting in disobedience. And when we think about approaching God after we've been straying, we can get afraid to approach God. And if we just look, honestly, not just here, but all throughout scripture, if we look at the way that God approaches since the very beginning with Adam and Eve in the garden, the way God approaches us is so graceful and with such love that we can't even comprehend because we totally would not respond this way. So looking at Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is Jesus speaking to him. And Jesus approached Saul when Saul was against Jesus, literally killing Jesus's followers. So I think that's so beautiful too. We think we can stray so far away from from God and allow Satan to really get in our minds and to make us think that we can't come back from that or we can't approach God. And this is such a beautiful example of even though Saul was literally killing followers of Jesus, Jesus came to him with what seems like heartache, you know, why are you persecuting me with this love for Saul? with this compassion for Saul, and also with truth, because truth is love. No matter how far you stray, like Jesus does not want to leave you where you are at. And Saul said, who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do. So I want to highlight here a couple of things. When Saul had this encounter with Jesus, he did two things. The first thing he did was ask God, who are you? And the second thing is, Lord, what do you want me to do? In this translation, it it didn't have that part. But in the King James Version, it does have Paul saying, what do you want me to do? So I think that's really a, a lesson for us. It's like we can approach God with this yearning of learning about who God is. Like, Lord, who are you? Reveal yourself to me. I am seeking you, God. I want to know more of you. 
And then two, Lord, what did, what do you want me to do? I'm here. I am listening. I am ready to receive what you have for me. And then in verse seven, the men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. Whew, another big thing. Here I am, Lord. You hear God calling on you, you hear the Holy Spirit speaking something, giving you this knowing, this inkling to not do what you're about to do or to go and do something that feels uncomfortable, but it's God's call over your life in that moment. And it's up to you to answer that call. And just thinking about Saul here, his sight being taken, I don't know the feelings that Saul was feeling, but so much to the point where he did not eat or drink anything for three days. And then we're seeing that as Saul's in that moment, the Lord is working and bringing somebody else to come and meet Saul. So that song of God, you're always working, whether we feel it or see it, like God is always working. So in verse 11, and the Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. So we're taking this and we're thinking about God's character, right? And we're seeing that God came to Ananias and telling him about Saul and giving him specific direction and instruction and what to expect. Now, sometimes God's not going to give us all the details, but we can have faith that God is going to give us all the information that we need to be successful. And successful not in the world's way, but successful in God's way to produce fruit in our life. So we can trust that if there's something that a detail that God's not including, it's for our own good, whether that be growth, it be a challenge, or it be to protect us from having fear ourselves or whatever it might be. We cannot understand God's mind. But we see here that sometimes God does give us a full picture. And I've experienced God giving me visions and not explaining fully exactly what it means, but he's given me enough to where I feel inspired to take action on what he's shared with me. And I don't do that every time. Know that there's things that I felt like God has spoken to me and there has been times where I haven't taken action on it or I sit in prayer about it. I'm like, Lord, like, give me confirmation on this because I'm feeling a little like fearful, honestly. And he'll give me confirmation. And so it's just going back to that relationship that you have with the Lord. And just like what Ananias, what we see him and how he answers, he says, but Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from all the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. So he's like, Lord, do you know this dude? Like, he's killing people. Anybody that claims your name and you're telling me to go to him? Are you sure this is the guy, Lord? Like, you see him being hesitant, right? Again, express to God. Allow him to speak back to you and allowing him to give you comfort and other things that you need in that moment. In 15, but the Lord said to him, go. For he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings of the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So what did Ananias do? He didn't just say, yeah, no, Lord, you got to find somebody else. Like, I'm too scared. No, 
he took faith and he held on to what God told him, not to what all the, the public is saying about Saul at this moment, not what the disciples are saying about Saul in this moment. He is taking what God is saying about Saul in this moment. Ananias is putting God's plan over his own comfort. And that is the life that we're called to live. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And after laying his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ananias immediately accepted him as family, as a brother in Christ. And then he took action. And because of Ananias taking that action, who will forever be known as somebody being also an instrument in God's plan for Saul's life. And Saul did so many amazing things, helped so many people, free so many people, deliver so many people, and bring so many people to belonging to the way, to Christianity. He started this. And in 18, and immediately there fell from his eyes, Saul's eyes, something like scales. And he regained his sight and he got up and was baptized and he took food and was strengthened. We see from Ananias that as followers belonging to the way, we must cooperate in the conversion of other people. So what we're learning about God through Saul's story so far is one, that no matter where you're at, Jesus chooses you. Like Jesus chooses you, even if you're against Jesus, killing people, doing horrible things like Jesus is for you. And when you approach him, there's not condemnation. There's not shame. There's not guilt for what you've done. But Jesus gets to decide that you are his and it's up to you to accept and receive that. And then we see that Jesus wants you to have such a real encounter with him. We see God's love and grace and compassion for where you are right now. And we'll see that with Saul's entire past, that he's able to impact so many people. Like it's his testimony that saves. By our testimony, people are saved, people are healed. God can use anybody. He doesn't use the perfect. He doesn't use the righteous. He doesn't use the holy only. He uses people that came that were broken. Broken. And then we see from here, God doesn't just want us to be broken before him. Like, yes, broken over our sin and broken over our past. But God doesn't want to just leave us there. He doesn't want us to live this life of, oh, I sinned. Oh, I sinned. Oh, I sinned. No, we're called to be free. Jesus didn't just die to forgive us for our sins. He died so we can live this free life from sin. We don't have to be slaves to sin anymore to give us this new identity, to give us this new purpose. That is is also what happened on the cross. It's not just forgiveness of our sins. It's so much more than that. So God wants to use your brokenness as a beginning to filling you with his spirit. And it's so beautiful because honestly, and the word says this, that those who are forgiven much loves much, loves the father much, because we do have to have that brokenness over our sin. That is something that has to happen. But it's beautiful that God wants to use that brokenness as something so powerful, so courageous, so bold, and so like such a shakening for people's eternal life. Oh, it's so beautiful. Continuing, still in verse 19. Now for several days, he was with disciples who were at Damascus. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. All those hearing him continued to be amazed and were saying, Is this not he who in Jerusalem destroyed those who 
called on this name, the name of Jesus, and who had come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests, wanting to put them in prison, wanting to kill them, take them, separate and split apart their families. This is the same person that is preaching the gospel? And proclaiming Jesus as Lord, imagine how many people are like in shock and in awe and in like, okay, a miracle had to have happened here. Like just the realness of that. And in 22, but Saul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived at Damascus by proving that this Jesus is the Christ. It's so beautiful. Okay, so we know if you've been following the Lord for any amount of time, it can get discouraging at times because people that have seen you in your past that have seen you living in sin are looking at you now and it's like mm, maybe like who do you think you are or oh well she's just turned into another church girl or another Jesus girl or whatever and we can look at what Saul has done in response to people talking about what he was just doing and Saul could have looked at that and said man, I did do all that stuff. Like I did live this really horrible life. I did persecute Christians. There's no way. God, God probably wants to use somebody else. You know, somebody that doesn't have that past attached to them. Somebody that wasn't so horrible. So God just, you use somebody else, you know, not me. But no, Saul didn't decide to do that. Saul decided to stand on God's word and promise for his life despite what everybody else was saying around him and what happened in return. He kept increasing in strength and kept living this life to prove that Jesus is the Christ. So much conviction. God will give you strength and you will continue to be strengthened in courageousness, in boldness, as you stand on his promises. This is so good. He kept focus on the Lord. It seems like, yeah, this was easy for him, but he has choices all throughout this entire thing. And it's in those moments where you make a decision, you make a choice to follow and to focus on the Lord or to follow the past habits and patterns, to follow what's comfortable and to focus on things that are not of God. Focus on opinions of other people. We have a choice and a decision to make. And that ultimately determines our entire life here on earth and our eternity. In 23... It goes to say, when many days had elapsed, the Jews plotted together to do away with him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were also watching the gates day and night so that they might put him to death. This right here just spoke to me God's provision so loudly because no, just despite of all these guards, despite these Jews that were wanting to kill Saul, you can imagine they probably had a group of people, they said on day watch and night watch. But to me, it seems like God revealed the plot to Saul, whether that's through a person or through God speaking to him himself. God's giving him wisdom to see this plot. So just that provision that God gives. And 25, but his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. When he had came to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. Okay, so this may can get confusing because you're seeing, okay, the disciples helped him and then now the disciples are not. So Jesus had many different disciples. His main instruction to his 12 disciples when he resurrected and came back was go and make disciples of all nations. So that's what they did. And so now we're seeing thousands of people that are disciples of Jesus. 
and in 27, but Barnabas took hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. I want to contrast two different types of people here because this has been three years past. And these group of disciples, people that are walking with the Lord, right? People that believe in Jesus, that are living in faith, are not believing that Saul has changed. And when they're when they're saying that, they're really not believing in the power of Jesus, that Jesus can redeem the lowest of the low. Not saying that that's who Saul is, but he had a lot of baggage, you can say. So believers were still in disbelief and afraid. And that tells you right there that even if you're following Christ or you have people that are following Christ, there are still people that are living in fear and living in disbelief, even though they call themselves a Christian. And that right there is not the life that God has called us to. And so you can't base your faith off of a person, a woman or man of faith, because everybody falls short. We're just man. But are we looking at Barnabas? Barnabas took him in as a brother of Christ, despite his past, really portrayed Jesus's love to him. And that's what we're called to do. God calls us to love people despite what they walked through and to look at them through the blood of Jesus, that they are renewed. And so Barnabas was the one that helped Saul. And you best believe that God rewarded him for that. And in 28, we're almost done. And he was with them talking about Saul, moving about freely in Jerusalem, speaking out boldly in the name of Jesus. Just, I underlined moving about freely and speaking out boldly. I don't know about you, but those are the two things that I desire every single day. I want to move freely. I want to live freely. And I want to speak with boldness and confidence. And I feel like if you are listening to this podcast, if you're a listener, you desire those same things, whether it's preaching the gospel, speaking the gospel, sharing the love of Jesus, or just in your day-to-day, in your business, in your career, in your relationships. You want to be this bold, confident person and to have this free life, to be free from depression, free from anxiety, free from the fear of what other people are going to think of you. And I'm going to tell you right now that that is a life that Jesus gives you. In him, we find those things and we see that through Saul's life because Saul's not living this really easy life. You can imagine how many times he got rejected, how many times he was persecuted, plotted to to kill, bringing up his past again. If you just imagine you experiencing those things, like what would that do to you? Would that make you focus on what they're saying, focus on what you were not able to do or make you move stronger in the name of Jesus? And again, The reason why Saul's able to do this is because he's not determining his faith on man. He is getting all his information, the entire gospel, all his truth directly from God, not from people's teachings, but from God. Since this moment that he saw Jesus in the flesh, he had been getting direct revelation and truth from God himself. So that is why it's so important to be so rooted yourself in the word, not in sermons or podcasts, those things are great, but follow with your own studying and getting spoken to by God. There's literally nothing like it. And 29, and he was talking, arguing with the Hellenistic Jews, but they were attempting to put him to death. But when the brethren learned of it, they brought him down to Caserata and sent him away to Tarsus. 
So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace being built up and going in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it continued to increase. The power of Jesus, we see it in Saul's life. And Saul, it's so funny because in the beginning of this, Saul left Jerusalem to persecute followers of Jesus. And now he left Jerusalem being persecuted for following Jesus. Wow. The transformation that we're all looking for, you can find, yeah, transformation in books, in podcasts, in things, in changing your habits. Yes, those things are important. But the biggest transformation that you will have is through your relationship with Jesus. (laughs) If you want transformation in any area of your life, finances, family, friendships, self-image, confidence, environment, It's in Jesus. It's in surrendering it to Jesus and seeing what God says about it in his word and just trusting and believing and and asking and and showing up diligently. It's so beautiful. So if you came on feeling like maybe a little down or discouraged or needing some food, right? Needing to be filled. I hope this filled you and I hope this inspired you to not only seek God's character in the word, but I hope and I pray that you learn more about God's character in this episode and that you desire to seek his face on your own in your alone time with him. And also to always know that no matter how you drift or what mistakes you make, that Jesus chooses you every time, every single time Jesus chooses you. And he always shows up with love, what's best for you with peace, joy, encouragement, compassion. It's, it's amazing. (laughs) It blows my mind about how good of a God that we have. So I thank you for listening. I want to pray over you really quick. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for all ears, all souls listening. I thank you for their lives. I thank you for what you're doing for them in their lives right now or what you're doing. And they're maybe not, they may not feel it right now. They may not see it in the physical, but Lord, I pray that their faith increases to know that there are things happening every time they pray, every time they cry out to you, every time that they read their word, every time that their words are spoken that are that are sowing these seeds, Lord, I pray that they grow in their faith to know that there's things happening in the spiritual. And that I just pray that they are so rooted, that they they walk out this week so rooted on the truth that you've spoken about them and that they just feel your love and accept your grace and mercy and compassion and that they can walk out this week changed through you. And I love you, Lord. I pray for boldness over their life. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's bring it in, giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. And you know what? You just deserve it. The reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me. So if you love today's episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Also, I'd love to hear your takeaways. So feel free to screenshot this episode, put it in your stories and tag me at Blackouts to Breakthroughs on Instagram with your biggest takeaways so I can connect with you and reshare your post. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, friend.